Welcome to the Sean Delaney Show. I'm Hopper, filling in for Sean Delaney. I'm Caleb, also filling in for Sean Delaney. Third backup for Sean Delaney is Richard. But I'm not really here, and you, you never find out who I am, so... <laughs> <laughs> the real that, Sean Delaney. <laughs> you're not fooling me, I know who you are, Sean <laughs> Sean, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so today on the Sean Delaney Show... We're talking about the book of Titus. Love Titus. Oh. So great. Mm. Not even the Old Testament. Mm. You'd never know. Right? Well, you're banned from the Old Testament as well. That's true. Don't let me read that. <laughs> he, he, he couldn't. He wouldn't be able to control the power. I read Judges, and they're like, no, you're not allowed to just go out and waste Palestinians. I'm like, okay. <laughs> And then you, you tried catching all those foxes and raising foxes, and we're like, Hopper, what are you doing? Can we talk about that? He, he like, was it 300 foxes? He just, would he catch them? Did he breed them? Yeah, Samson caught. <laughs> what was his timeline? He's just like, <laughs> I'm catching foxes for like six months. It's mm -hmm. a solid career. And who helped him tie their tails together? I would think you'd need help doing that. Samson's you know, the Boy Scout. You, got, you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you, you just throw a party, all right? You know, his, his buddy comes over. Samson, what do you do? What, what's going on, man? He's like, nothing. What are all these foxes in your house? They're just jumping around, hanging out. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, it's the Old Testament Humane Society. <laughs> <laughs> these foxes have no home. Please help me. <laughs> they set their tails on fire. <laughs> not part of the humane society code. <laughs> hey, you don't take a man of God's wife. That's true. You also don't plow with someone else's heifer. Oh. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I don't think that's actually really a euphemism so much as, hey, you asked my wife the secret to the riddle. Well, maybe it is a euphemism. It is. He's, but I don't yeah. see in the word where it says... Any of that except what Samson said. Yeah, but he was a man of God. You know what Samson said, but what did the fox say? <laughs> Please don't light my tail on fire. <laughs> don't give me the gift of fire. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and I love how I love how Samson, his whole career as a judge, he's just a he's just he's just a cool dude. That's right. right. Every, you know, he's like, oh, I gotta get these coats. I'll just kill these people and get these coats. It's like, there's blood over these coats. What is this? I, I, Your coats. I think, I think he could have done it without getting blood. I like to think that he made the blood there on purpose. Send a message. <laughs> Oh, you wanted your clothes from the bet? Here's 30 Philistines' clothes. And and then they're waiting outside the city, and he hears about it. So he takes the city gates, pulls them off the hinges, and sets them on top of the hill. And he's just like, ha-ha. I aspire to be Samson. <laughs> well, I mean, you got the spirit inside, not the, just the spirit on you. So I can do more than Samson's, what you tell me. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> I'm for it. I mean, you know, maybe... Learn from some of Samson's mistakes. When when a woman's nagging at you seven times trying to take you down, you'd probably be like, you know what? Right. And his his soul was was grieved. He was vexed. Me and Rickness were talking. You know, the fall of Solomon. Mm -hmm. Women. <laughs> no women represented us on the show tonight. But women. We we try to get them on. Trouble. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Caleb, are you married yet? No. Careful. Uh, uh, I don't know about this guy. Once you're married, you're good. Oh, great. Yeah, just get great. married really quickly. I'm, I'm trying. So the first person you see. <laughs> Quit looking at me. <laughs> He's married, okay? Oh, dang. Yeah, that's trouble. Anyway. Okay. So, yeah, the book of Titus. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't comedy. We all killed. I don't defeated. want to let something go. Okay, so on the topic, <laughs> on on getting Philistine coats, mm -hmm. and and what would we do to get married? Can we just talk about David for a second? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. 
I'm like getting coats, and I'm like, reminds me of foreskins. <laughs> like so, weird. So, so Saul's daughter, what was her name? Mikhail or something like that? I couldn't tell you. That sounds right. Mikhail or what? Mikhail. I, I can look up. What will it take to marry your daughter? It will be nothing less than 200 foreskins. To which David replied, Cowabunga. <laughs> Well, maybe he just circumcised them and they became Jews, you know? Praise God. I, wow. I doubt that. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure he had to go kill 200 people and then drop oh. all their pants. Oh, it was only 100. Uh, oof. Oh, only 100. Oh, then it's better. Then it's okay. Oh, wait, wait. But then he slew 200 just to be sure. <laughs> just to be sure. Okay. Wait, was he only needed... <laughs> <laughs> That's an overachiever. <laughs> so weird flex. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Seriously? It, let's, let's That's say. wild. Okay. So let's see how her name is pronounced. <laughs> Looks like Mitchell. Okay. Um, what, what passage is it? I'm in. Now I don't know anymore. <laughs> First Samuel 18. We get sidetracked. It's got the strong mm. in coordinates. Anyways, while I'm on the side quest. <laughs> I hope I don't have to be on that side quest someday. Gosh, <laughs> that that that's some wild stuff. What do you think? Okay. What do you think the king did with him when he got him? Did he put him in a jar? Did he? Yeah. We we don't need to know. Perhaps in a jar of vinegar. <laughs> He's like, I didn't. That was a joke, man. I didn't think you were gonna like do that. That's real messed up. David's like, dare me to do something else. <laughs> okay, so the Book of Titus. The Book of Titus. The Titus book in the oh, Bible. Titus is yeah. great. The Titus book. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you don't get drunk in the spirit. I, I do what I want. I do what I want. I'm not under any bondage. <laughs> Except yeah. to love people. Mm. Yeah, that's that's, mm -hmm. that's a good bond. That is a good bond. Better than James. <clears throat> James bond. James. Oh shoot! So you guys read Titus. Quick question: What are you guys preferred versions to read in? ESV. I typically go English Standard. What's yours? I've been doing the King James just because, like, the ESV has been like, no, you can't have our, you know, translation free of charge. Actually, you can't have it at all. Mm. You can't have it in the preferred way you prefer to read it. And I'm mm. just like, well, King James is pretty ubiquitous. As long as I don't go to the United Kingdom where it's under <laughs> eternal copyright, I'm pretty good. Oh, wow. Makes sense. Yeah, it's under crown copyright because it was produced for the king. I like to read my Bible in the uh, Holy Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Holy Ghost transcription. Wiggles with quote. What did what did you what did you what did you guys get out of Titus? Hmm. Sound like um, Titus was in a pretty hairy situation for sure on Crete. <laughs> Seemed to be a wild place. Corrupted merchants. All Cretans are liars. Right. <laughs> this is a trustworthy sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Paul. You can't just say that. He's like your guy said it. Right. That it. He's like I didn't say. It. Tommy, you said you said the uh, the book was primarily on discipleship. Talk about that. Yeah, so Paul raised up Titus. He, he says, To Titus, my own son, after the common faith, faith, gracey, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause I, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city, as I have appointed you. Mm. If, any, if any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, Mm -hmm. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, mm -hmm. not a striker, not given to filthy lucre. Or is it lucre? I don't know. Sometimes I just read King James and I just change the words to whatever I want. Because, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm switching like translations. Ludicrous. 
For the overseer must be blameless as God's steward, not self-pleasing, not easily angered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for dishonest gain, but given to hospitality, a lover of good, sober-minded, fair, holy, self-controlled, holding to the faithful word which is according to the teaching, that he may be able to exhort in the sound doctrine and to convict those who contradict him. Yeah, so Paul's like, hey, Titus, you're my son. I want you to raise up your own son so I can have grandbabies. <laughs> there needs to be a relationship. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's how we grow. Right. You know, we, we have a relationship with God. If you want to grow, you need to have a relationship with the person discipling you. You know, they need to see you, talk to you, you talk to them. Hmm. That's good. Because it's all about relationships. Even in... Are you telling me that I can't just show up every Sunday and consume <laughs> whoa, whoa, from, whoa. from a single source and not maintain any such sort of relational activity with them? <laughs> I wanted a religion. It was... <laughs> what is this relationship stuff? <laughs> like, even with evangelism, I think relationships is the way to go. You know, because right. we're modeling totally. the relationship Christ has with yeah. us. By showing how much he loves them by loving other people. Mm-hmm. You know, that has a bigger impact. You know, you, you can argue apologetics all day till you're blue in the face trying to convince someone that God is real and that God loves them. But until they see the love of God mm-hmm. in you, that they're not going to believe. Absolutely. But they see the love of God in you, you can't argue against that. That's what's so great about um, personal testimonies. Testimonies of what God has done for you. Nobody can argue against that. Because it's personal. It's real. You, right. you felt it. You can't just be like, that didn't really happen. I mean, you can. But, you know, you'd be like, Christ changed my life. I used to be here in the pit of despair. Used to be awful. And now I'm a son of God reigning with him. Amen pretty incredible well i think some of the most accurate accounts are first-hand accounts mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. most people that you talk to who are like you know christ followers and claiming christ followers um you know they have all these first-hand accounts first-hand experiences and by talking with people you can just see kind of the the hand of god and the, the way it works in diverse ways in people's lives um and it's kind of cool to see the character of god displayed through um just the many testimonies that you can hear from other people um which, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's one of the most powerful tools is our own personal testimony. And what better way to see God's character than through how he's been, like, faithful through the people that follow him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And if we want to talk about logical fallacies, pretty much any argument you can come up with, somebody's going to be able to label it as a logical fallacy. Uh-huh. You'd be like, God said this. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, that's an appeal to authority. That's a logical fallacy. Just because God says it doesn't mean it's true. It's like, yeah, it does. <laughs> that is an excellent point. I love uh, Titus 1-2. It says, based on the hope and divine guarantee of eternal life. So it's the hope, confident expectation, mm-hmm. and the divine guarantee mm-hmm. of eternal life. Yeah. The life which God, who is ever truthful and without deceit, promised before the ages of time began. Mm-hmm. This is the God who does not lie. Mm-hmm. You know, you start talking about promises of God, you start talking about, well, he said it, so I believe it. It's like, right, but he said it. This is no man. This isn't Paul God right. saying it. We, uh, we in, in, in our youth group, we like to say, well, he said it, do you believe it? And then we'll just, things that Jesus said about you, things he said about me, things he said about the world. Well, do you believe it? I believe it. Do you receive it? I receive it. Well, then it's true. Excuse me. And that makes it. Uh, internet person, where did you come from? I'm from the internet. Get out of here. <laughs> Who let you in? My experiences contradict what you are saying. <laughs> but we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Hmm. Experience is the only thing that is real. If you don't choose to experience the fullness of what God has given you, then you'll, if you haven't received it, then you'll never have it. I'll believe it when I see it. I've seen it. 
I don't believe you. Why? Because. Because you don't trust me? Because, yes. How come? Very silly. That's fair enough. How can you trust yourself? Because I know myself. You know yourself. Do you ever change? My clothes. Do you ever change your opinions or your emotions or your feelings? Things that are fickle? I don't know if it's me changing or the world changing around me. So you've been the same since you were three years old? It's, it's entirely possible. You still eat ice cream for breakfast? No, I never have. And, and VeggieTales is still your favorite cartoon? No, those are for children. Right, so you change, your emotions change, your personality changes, but this is the God who does not change from day to day. This is the Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he is the God who does not lie, who made a promise before the ages of time. This is before time began. You can trust in that. If he didn't change, then why did he come to Earth as a baby and then grow up? That sounds like a very large change. It, it's, it's, he doesn't change in his principles, in his promises, in his character. Luke 2.52 says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Hmm. That sounds like changing. It's, that's growing. We're all supposed to grow. We're supposed to grow in him. We're supposed to grow in, our, in him. We're supposed to grow up into Jesus, becoming more and more like him every day. Of this world as a light. <laughs> there are people on the moon that are dressed like Quakers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what are you talking about? What does this lead into? Get out of here. Go away. Shoo. Scat. I was called because we're doing altogether too much agreeing. What? God. I can. He can't. But I can. But he can't. Yeah, but the, maybe he can. No, he can't. Mm. He said so. The God who said, I cannot lie, said so. I could say that as well. You could. Say it. I cannot lie. See, he's lying. <laughs> Easy as that. <laughs> I'm going to chop down a cherry tree. Yeah. We'll back later. Fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so anyway, that was awful. I don't know what just happened. Bring in a gun next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot that man. With the love of Christ. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's be that's better, I guess. I guess. Okay, so Titus. Is, uh, Titus two thirteen. It says awaiting and confidently expecting. The fulfillment of our blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Um, you know, Titus is, he's, Paul's talking to Titus, he, he's telling them how people ought to be and how they think. That finish line that we're all looking towards, right? It, it's, it's the confident expectation of Christ Jesus glorified, the manifestation of that. That's what we're working towards. Don't lose sight of that, you know. And even when he's talking to Timothy, he's like, don't lose faith, you know, don't, don't be don't be swayed by public opinion don't let these and then he goes into a long list of calls them dogs but you know mm -hmm. if you read any based and there's people who are trying to reinstate religion people who are trying to reinstate the doctrines of 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 the jewish faith of, of doctrines of man people who are trying to bring in all this uh, paul continues to just look at him Focus on him. Pay attention to him. This is how you ought to be. And guess what? You're doing it with joy in your heart. You're doing it with the love of God. Like we're talking about relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite part of Titus is um, the parts where it says, um, but avoid foolish controversies, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> dissensions and quarrels about the law, for they are un unprofitable and worthless. Mm -hmm. uh, continuing from Titus 3, 9 into 10, as for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Nothing! <laughs> Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he, he is self-condemned killed himself. <laughs> yeah. And when you start looking into like Corinthians, just to mm -hmm. kind of expound on that, mm -hmm. Paul's like, listen, when I told you not to be in the world, I didn't mean shut your seat. Mm -hmm. That's impossible. I meant don't be like them. Be in the world, but not of it. Mm -hmm. 
And then he's like, what I'm really wanting you guys to do is to get rid of those Christians, or self-proclaiming Christians, who are down with the adultery, who are down with the idolatry. Don't have any association with them because they're going to say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. And everyone's going to think that that's what the church is like. And, and this in the same way, it's kind of like, yeah, don't, don't do anything with those guys. They're, <laughs> they're no good. Right. You ain't going to help there. And it's one of those weird things where I think people who imagine... Uh, Christ-like relationship, they they think you know don't well don't let them walk away. We'll chase them, reap what they have sown because of oh. mm-hmm. and acknowledging that it's not me making a decision for other people, but other people making a decision for themselves. That's that's hard sometimes, especially with the ones you love. Yeah, yeah. It says in First Corinthians um, <clears throat> to to release such a man to Satan that through the destruction of his body his soul may be saved. Um, wow. I've had direct experience with that myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like, didn't think Christianity was legit. Went and traveled the world. Um, got myself in a bunch of hairy situations. I thought Christianity was just a bias from my environment. So I went and traveled the world and got myself in some hairy situations. Engaged with shamanism, stuff like that. And like experience hell. <laughs> um, That's wild. That's wild yeah, stuff. It was really wild. Yeah. yeah. And it totally put me to rock bottom and it like humbled everything that I had like put my faith in or believed in and made me a, made me a pretty open vessel for, for God to come in and just make himself just way more real in my life. Um, and yeah. so, <laughs> yeah, 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 put me in a vulnerable situation and God met me there. <laughs> so I'm sure it wasn't easy for my dad. <laughs> yeah. But he knew that I was pursuing truth, and he knew I'd yeah. just come back eventually. Yeah, that's and that's and that's one of the things I think. Um, you know how people like to tell Christians how they have to act. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that um, grace is unlimited, but it's mm-hmm. not. There's an amount. There's a finite amount of grace. You you ran out of grace. You can deny God, and you can run out of grace. You can hit. You can hit the end of it. I don't. Otherwise, you're advocating. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you can de- deny the unlimited grace over your life, and you can cap it yourself. I don't think that's on God's side. Yeah. You don't think that's God on God? Yeah, I think I think God's got unlimited grace for everybody. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Jesus' sacrifice so, was enough. Mm-hmm. Grace is the transforming power that makes you. Like like God, it makes you into His image. But but Jesus said there was a a sin that couldn't be forgiven. Grieve the Holy Spirit. I think that's. I would say that is denying. Denying what Jesus has done for you. Receiving, acknowledging, and and then there and denying it. Mm -hmm. For you know, it's not a once saved, always saved program. You don't get saved and then go do whatever you want. There isn't grace for living against God. I think I think we're getting into to the nether realms of talking about things that we don't fully understand. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> right. I, well, I would say since, you know, by, by grace we're saved through faith, okay. that if you don't have faith anymore, are you saved anymore? I'd say right. probably not. No, yeah. Right. I, I, would, I would probably argue that the person who has denied Jesus, um, who was once a part of the faith, never had the revelation in the first place. I would agree. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. I, uh, I think um, Hebrews 6 talks about it on a great on a great end, and he, he almost makes it, the author almost makes it sound like, um, like going over the edge of Niagara Falls. Like, like you put a whole bunch of signs that say, "Hey, just just so you know, like if you go over Niagara Falls, you're probably gonna die," <laughs> you know. And people are gonna read that those signs. And um, there's been people who have intentionally gone over Niagara Falls, but um, I don't think there's been a case of anybody accidentally going over Niagara Falls <laughs> <laughs> because because yeah, just because he's made it like well known. So. Um, is that is that hypothetical, possible, or impossible? That's a question I would like to understand more about. Well, I would say Adam and Eve, you know, even though that they had no sinful nature, mm-hmm. they were still able to rebel against God. Mm-hmm. So I'd say maybe it's possible for somebody who knows God 
to still turn away if they want to. But why would you want to? Exactly, right, yeah. Why? Why? What, what does the devil have? What does the world have mm-hmm. that God doesn't have? Mm-hmm. Like, as far as everything God has for you is better. Mm-hmm. Everything the world has is just fake. It's temporary. It passes away. It's, it's not satisfying. Mm-hmm. And it, it just destroys you. And I think that's where Caleb's point, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't know it, then if, yeah. if you didn't know that, then you didn't really have it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah people live a, like a kind of a superficial life, some people do, mm-hmm. where they're dressing up all of their actions, mm-hmm. you know, trying to act perfect, but they don't actually receive Jesus' righteousness, Jesus' perfection over their lives. They're kind of just faking it, and yeah. then they wonder why they don't have power over sin. Right. You got to know who you are. You got to know that Jesus died for you, mm-hmm. that Jesus changed you, that you are the righteousness of God. Yeah. And that the same Spirit that lived in Jesus lives in you. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you you live like Jesus because you know who you are. You know who Jesus is. Like like it says, um, one of the epistles, it says that. We know that when we see him, we will be like him. Mm-hmm. You know, so the more we see of Jesus, the more we're transformed into his image. Mm-hmm. The more we renew our minds, the more we understand. That's an excellent, that's an excellent point. And I, I, I see what you mean now, Caleb, because you're saying God doesn't give up on us, we give up on him. Mm-hmm. People, man, not us. Well, I don't know about Rickness over there, he's just sad. <laughs> You know, I'm just deep in thought. I'm yeah, right on. What do you got to say? Um, well, I think a lot of it comes down to like perspective. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, once we are changed and whatnot, we are a new creature. Um, but those old viewpoints, they need to, you know, be outed. Um, and we can no longer, like, you know, hold those things as true. So, um, for someone who's per- like like a new a new believer, you know, it's would that be you? I mean, yeah, I'd consider myself in that boat. Um, And then with that, you know, old perspectives have to be shifted out. And um, then when you're trying to live this life that's fulfilling towards God, you have to then, you know, rebel against the lies the world has told you. Um, Otherwise, you know, it it can seem plausible, to me anyway, that someone could taste of the goodness but then be short-sighted and then go back into old ways, which is... In, is exactly as stated it's short-sighted you know it's a lack of perspective um and i think then you know having a solid community of people that can encourage you um and then you know tell you which lies that that you maybe have partaken in and then show you the truth of how you know eternal life is way more significant than you know what like a, a blip on a timeline which of like 50 years or 100 years you know um, and then once once that perspective of of hey like eternity matters way more than uh, like a, a little lifespan because um, ultimately what we do on this earth will fade away like there's without a doubt I mean except what we do for Jesus except that is also yeah, yeah that's true amen um, you know you build you build on the foundation of Christ that that'll ripple throughout eternity you know but whatever you do for yourself whatever glory you try to get for yourself it's it's gonna <clears throat> last a little bit on earth you know you might get your 15 minutes of fame lifetime of fame fame who cares but you you, you got your reward on earth instead of got, getting your reward in heaven that's why i don't tell anybody hmm. what i do that's nice for them because i want to make sure i get my reward in heaven not on earth hmm. so everyone just thinks i'm mean <laughs> <laughs> that'd be even more blessed because people are uttering all kinds of false things guys, about you and right yeah. Nothing better than being defended by someone you don't know. <laughs> you made an excellent point. Um, you're talking about perspective and finding people to correct that rule of thought. But I would, I would kind of play devil's advocate here if I had a voice and do one. Um, how do you make sure you, you're not listening to the wrong perspective? We got a lot of cults out there. We got a lot of false doctrines, t- traditions of man. You know, where does somebody who needs that perspective shift, because you know they're not reading their Bible, or if they are, they don't believe it, they're mm-hmm. not trusting in the God who doesn't lie, otherwise they wouldn't have this idea that the world has more to offer than, than God. They're still dabbling in Christianity, but not fully committed. 
How does somebody like that find truth in, in a society of false prophets? Absolutely, that that definitely has its challenges. As there is a lot of like false doctrines out there, and you know that's that's tough to sift through. I think what I found to be effective um, is creating some of my own like filter of reading the Bible and understanding like you know what God says is is true, and then you wear rose tinted glasses while you read the Bible. <laughs> Not usually. Um, but then, but then when I talk with people and, you know, I try to get their insight on things, you know, if it matches up with what the Bible says to be true, um, based on, you know, I've, if I've been reading the Bible and whatnot, and then, you know, what I know about God's character from reading the Bible, mm-hmm. um, then by speaking with other people, if they continue to affirm that, you know, God's nature and then continue to, like, provide further revelation on how God is, um you know, sees, sees me, you know, because a lot of, I think the change that needs to occur, um, to be more Christ-like is just understanding that new identity part. Mm-hmm. Um, so by learning more about like, um, when people kind of provide more revelation on God's character that lines up with what I already know to be true, um, it seems that they're a good source for this information. Um, and then also there's a whole, that whole relational aspect we talked about. Um, you know, if you, if you've known someone for a, a decent bit of time, you know that the, their actions line up with what their words are. Um, there's a good chance then that their faith is living and what they have to say is true, and that their sermon is is accurate. Um, so that's yeah. been that's also been a good tool. It's good. Um, but yeah, that's definitely you got to find a solid organization of people. Not every not every church has, you know, the, the solid doctrines as much as, as you know, we wish we w- they did, they mm-hmm. would. Um, and it's just, I guess, you know, focusing on those core principles of Christianity is, is what should unite us and not, you know, I mean, little theological points are important, but it shouldn't be as important to cause a division. Absolutely. Um, so, they're not you know. against us, they're for us. Hmm. And then Paul's like, even if they're mocking Christ, it's still getting preached. What do I care? <laughs> the problem is when the body of Christ comes against itself, it's no good. Yeah, any any house divided against itself will fall. You know, that's, yeah, that's yeah. very risky. And I think that's definitely a tactic of the enemy, you know, is to, to try to put that division in there. And mm-hmm. As in Titus, um, you know, is saying that, you know, if someone's trying to cause division, come at them once or twice with the truth, and then afterwards, like you can, if they do not change, you know that they are, they are sinful and self-condemned. You know, so it's, you can't be divided and you can't cause division. Otherwise, that's just uh, like, evidence that you're not really yeah, following. Yeah. Not, mm-hmm. yeah, like Caleb said, you know, destroy their body so you can save their soul. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds awful, like vigilante justice kind of thing. That sounds like Paul, though. Paul is Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he lowered me down in a basket of the outer wall. <laughs> That's some good stuff. I've been shipwrecked three times. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, no, good points all around. Um, I think uh, I think Titus is fun because it's 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 a mentor to his disciple. Like Tommy was saying, it's it's kind of painting a perfect picture of Jesus had a disciple, and then that disciple had a disciple. Mm. We're seeing it trickle down, and and you see a lot of what Paul emphasized. It was it was a lot of just being <laughs> being a good person yep. <laughs> in the eyes of, in in the eyes of the world, being a light, being righteous. You know, he didn't he didn't say, and make sure you preach this doctrine. You know, he wasn't harping on little stupid things I think a lot of people get caught up on. He was like, just be righteous, just be good, do right. It's everything else works itself out. Just focus on him. And that's and that's what I what I was talking about earlier. Just focus on him. If you're just focusing on him, everything else falls in a line. I can speak to that in my life and in my marriage and to and everything that I set my hand to, focusing on him mm-hmm. in all things. But if you don't go to church on the right day of the week, you are doomed. That's true. Yeah. You gotta go on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it's Saturday. No, it's Friday. No, Saturday. It's actually Friday. Or Sunday. Sunday is a good choice. And you can't go As long as it's exclusively Sunday is sleep in day. Saturday or Sunday. But the big game. (laughs) It's the big game. You can't say the uh, rhymes with uh, blooper hole. You can't say that. You can't. You can't say the big. You can't. You gotta say the big game because if we say the thing that rhymes with that thing, uh, we get copyright strict, and then, then they just take a hard money. Really? Yeah. Oh wow, that's it's really? real. The radio. Uh, yeah. All right. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Paul's Paul's totally just showing us an awesome example of discipleship, yeah. and yeah. and all he encourages his student on is. Yeah. Focusing on God. I, I like. Uh, I like. Um, it's not really explicitly mentioned in Titus, but it's a huge theme in Titus about like what an elder overseer should look like, mm. or who are these faithful people who you should commit um, the things that you know. Do to. they really have to have kids? Like in uh, Titus, he talks about you know uh, they should be a faith, faithful husband, have uh, one wife. Yeah. I think have he was good kids. Just right, right, good kids. I was actually going to talk about that. Discerning, um, you know. He's not a homosexual. He's got a wife. I don't think he necessarily has to have he kids. Doesn't. But if have... he does have kids, they should be good. Right. If, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If anyone is blameless, the husband of one wife, having children who believe, who are not accused of loose or unruly behavior, mm-hmm. for the right. overseer must be blameless mm-hmm. as God's steward. Right. Right. So, so like I, I, I love that because for me, like. Well, like, we, we know what our priorities are. First, it has to be God. Next, it has to be our family. Mm-hmm. And then next, it has to be our ministry. Um, and so, and, and in a way, I kind of like to take the, the idea of, like, preaching, uh, going from Jerusalem to Ju- Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think of, like, your, your, your family structure kind of kind of meets that. If you can't... What if the Jews are, like, throwing rocks at you and stuff? Should you just leave them for the Gentiles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what Paul did. He's like, yeah. I, I'm fed up. I've had enough. Right. I'm going to the Gentiles. But, but I think, um, like, hmm. like as, as a as a person who who equips other people to ministry and and actually empowers other people into ministry, um, I I actually like to look about how the how the state of their family is doing before I put them into a position. Of, of authority because I at least want to see over time has their family been making progress because I know has that person actually been seeing value in their family to the extent to that they'll pray for it and I know that prayer always works mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's something that I take into heavy consideration yeah. um, when when appointing somebody into a position of authority and so um, I, I, I really do like this and, and Titus and, and Timothy how how he talks about this, I I I use that in my own applications as well. That's good. Yeah, I say like you know what? Let me let, let let's just let you get poured into until your family is like until you're feeling pretty like resolved about the state of your family. Your family might not be perfect. That's okay. But you could see the projection. I want. I just want to know how you're viewing this. Yeah. 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 Are you ready to call Sean Delaney? I. <laughs> That was an excellent point. I, I like how you summed that up. Speaking of Sean. <laughs> we'll get him on the show. Don't tell him he's on the show. Mm. Just start hanging out. Then we'll get him. Hello? Hey, is this Sean Delaney? Yes, this is Sean Delaney. I knew it. That's so today on your show we're we're talking about. That's not Sean Delaney. Hey, hey, it's it's a, it's hard to get the real thing. What? This is a this is a counterfeit, a foe, a fox. You, you can't prove that. I I know who you're marrying. How, how do you know I'm not Sean Delaney? Because you're wait, Sean, you haven't hung I up yet. I could be Sean Delaney. I could be Sean Delaney. Could you? Yeah, What's Sean Delaney's favorite color? Pink. Wrong. Sean Delaney doesn't like colors. He thinks they're from the devil. I mean, that might be true. <laughs> 
I don't know, Sean Delaney, can you confirm that? <laughs> okay, so we've been talking about discipleship, and I was wondering, do you think it's possible to be a lone cowboy Christian since there's like hardly any examples of that in the Bible? You know, you're just off doing your own thing because nobody else wants to keep up with you. Like like a maverick. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you want to know if being a cowboy Christian is acceptable? I want to know if it's possible. Or acceptable. Oh. Well, for it stands for all things are possible through Christ. Oh, thanks, Sean. <laughs> I, I guess that settled I, it. That, that's it. I'm allowed to be a cowboy Christian. <laughs> Please. I can do whatever I want, and I don't have to be responsible to anyone. All right, bye, Sean. Thanks for being on the show. Okay. See, see you, honey. Well, people do get weird, though, when they're off by themselves coming up with their own ideas, and nobody's like, hey, it, it's, it's weird and wrong. Mm -hmm. You mean like Jesus? He had 12 friends, okay? He went in the desert for 40 days. Yeah, and the devil tormented him and tempted him. Do you want to do that? And he beat it. So what do I have to fear? Well, I mean, he already blazed the path. Not David. He was out there with a sheep and a harp. Dude was a madman. Would make it go kind of crazy. He's like beating up bears and lions. Like He had God, though. Yeah, so do I! Well, to a greater degree. They're like, if you go alone, you'll get weird. It's too late. I'm already weird. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm weird I too. I know you're weird too. <laughs> I think I think the difference here is, yeah, these guys are out on their own, but they also weren't trying to preach to every single person <laughs> um, while they are out in the field and while they are out in the wilderness. These, these mavericks that we're referring to usually are <laughs> authorities unto themselves, and then they go around and tell everybody how to live their lives. Um, <laughs> right. As opposed to just keeping to themselves. That's an interesting point. So if you're going to be alone, keep to yourself? <laughs> That's what he's telling me. Right. If you want to live for Christ alone... Mm -hmm. Don't tell anyone else. <laughs> you might be giving them bad doctrine, and you don't know because you're the only one there. <laughs> it might be it might be good as a refining season, um, to which you then integrate yourself later on into society and surround yourselves with uh, with community. Caleb just told me to slowly integrate myself into society. I did like um, a virus. I have no idea how. To my name's do Sean. That. No, Sean. Excuse me. Yeah, it's okay. I just God. don't do it again. Both were another jack. Kidding. This is good. I think I think for a period of time, it's not necessarily a bad thing to to go into like a extended you know me like meditation time you know for. Uh, like maybe a week or a month or something of that nature but I think yeah. if it becomes like a lifestyle you know I think we're made to be relational creatures and beings so that if I kind of go into isolation I think um, that's just not healthy it's not part of our design we gotta get away from the world <laughs> gotta lock but... ourselves in a chest <laughs> or else the world might overcome us Oh, wait, no, that can't be true. Wait, wait. The <laughs> that's in me has already overcome the world. <laughs> what shall I fear? Oh, death? No. Oh. The only thing there is to fear is fear itself. Gotta be afraid of fear. Don't want to get scared. Don't want to get scared. Yeah, don't be too afraid, though, because... Yeah. Yeah. Then you'll be running yeah. around. That'll kill you. Afraid of fear. Oh, Sean, Sean Delaney's calling back. There he is. Hey, Sean. Hey, Sean. Welcome back. Is this a Sean Delaney show? Yeah, you're on it. Is this Sean Delaney? I'm excited. Well, I'm a Sean Delaney understudy. I'm, I'm, I'm working to be him. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. That's a big shoes to fill. Yeah. <laughs> Gorilla size shoes. <laughs> So, um, yeah, what are we talking about today? Talking about Titus and discipleship. Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, I think it's a good thing. That That's good? In the Bible, it's a good thing. 
That's a well. I mean, there are bad things in the Bible. That's a polarizing point. <laughs> <laughs> Just, well, I mean, the discussing it is a good thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. Tell us about discipleship. What are some of the most key characteristics in discipleship that you think are you know like valuable or most valuable? Time spent. Quality time. Hmm. Yeah. Alone with your disciple. Yes, well, or or as a group, small group. Mm-hmm. Small group. Wouldn't want things to get romantic. Right. Right. Why do you think quality time is such an important aspect? Because uh, that's what Jesus did. Right. <laughs> it was effective. Didn't work on Judas. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But he had the opportunity. Like, if we find out we're raising a Judas, should we keep doing it, or should we stop? We should keep doing it, because it's their choice. They've got to know that it's not our choice to forsake them, but it's their choice to so, depart. Well, I mean, like, what does it mean to throw your pearls before swine? You know, Jesus talked about that. Like, does that come into play at all? Uh, I don't think there. That Those are people who just aren't interested in listening. Now, what about when when Paul's talking about uh, if somebody's creating division and dissent in the church and and you you approach them with the truth once or twice and then get them out of there? Doesn't that apply to this situation? Um, Judas? Somebody who is creating dissent, causing bad or wrong doctrine? Well, I don't think Judas caused any of the others to go astray. It was just his own personal... He's the only one who went astray. He didn't cause anyone else to follow him. He wasn't encouraging anyone else to go with him. But just... but the example of that in the church itself is is poison. You know, we read it in Corinthians where, where Paul's talking and he's like, hey, don't be associated with these Christians who are engaging in this vile acts. That is not good. Right. That's good. But that's, you know, <laughs> yeah. But Judas wasn't um he wasn't leading anyone astray. He was just That's true. So we turn yeah. people over to their own sin and and the destruction of their flesh when? Um I guess when their sins are evident and okay. everyone can see it. And there's nothing you can do about it. Okay. So as soon as I get tired of working with them, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Jesus said to leave the tears, grow with the wheat, and then at the end they'll be separated. So we got a bunch of tears we grow up with, and he'll separate them. That's good. Yeah, it's just weird that, you know, we're supposed to treat the tares as if they are wheat. Yeah. Well, maybe they are. They kind of look alike, I hear. Yeah. Mm. That's what I hear. It's all Indian. And that's thing. what Jesus did. Jesus even called Judas friend. He treated him like he was one of the good guys. Yeah, look where that got Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Is there anything biblically about like Judas doing like miracles or, or different things of like him kind of like preaching the gospel or doing those other you know apostle style you know teachings? Yeah, Judas. Judas did the. I guess he was sent out with the twelve. You know, and when they're they going on their yeah. little mission trip. Right. There. I mean, if he was one of the twelve, you have to. I would say you have to assume he was operating in power. Otherwise, he. Otherwise, people would be like, "What's wrong with you? Why aren't you walking in faith?" Fair. And Everyone would be like, "Hello." Yeah. And, and even then, the faith they were operating in, the authority they were operating in, was all based on Jesus being the Messiah. It's not like he didn't know. <laughs> he just had a different motive. I'd I'd, I'd I'd point that out, I guess. Hmm. So he's just, you know, significantly lying to himself about, like, what he was doing. Um, I mean, I feel like it'd be really tough to, to go about doing these, like, apostolic works while, like, at the same time you're, like, robbing the, 
the church. Yeah, I feel I feel like that'd be really tough to like do do that double mindedness to that extent. He did kill himself. <laughs> I caught up to him. That's yeah, that's fair. We were talking about Lazarus and the Richmond. Tommy, what were we talking about? Um What were we talking about? I don't remember. It was Lazarus and Richmond. Well, like I was joking about something, and then you brought up Lazarus and the rich man as a counterpoint, and then, like, I I disagreed because it went against my joke. I don't remember what it was. It was a good bit. Anyway. I, I didn't think so. Anything to add, Sean Delaney? <laughs> um, no. Okay. Oh, oh. We were talking about Ananias and Sapphira. What's your What's your take on that, Sean? Oh, I think it's um very interesting. <laughs> How so? Good. <laughs> well, I think it brought about a really good thing in the church. There was a respect for being honest and doing what's right. And... Okay, like, but what killed Ananias and Sapphira? They They lied about. Um, giving all the money from the land that they sold. And then Ananias falls down dead. They grieve the Holy Spirit. Mm. He's like, you didn't lie to me, you lied to the Holy Spirit. Mm. And then yep. the ghost left them. And they were dead. So, so is, that, is that the judgment of God? Or what it... I'll be right back here. Okay. Hold Sean for me. Okay. Yeah, t talk to us about that. Explain that. Um, I don't know. That's a good answer. <laughs> I could get out of more problems if I just responded with that. It's well, that's something to consider. Having all the answers is always a good thing. Okay. We know you know everything. What did Jesus write in the sand? <laughs> uh, can you wrote the names of girls or sure <laughs> sure or the names of sins right. probably girls names of girls huh that's good yeah. well I, I, I that's a good guess you want to have a better guess I'll do the same thing yeah. Right names of girls who are adulterers in the sand? Mm -hmm. In front of crowds. The names of girls that the guys had um Oh, yeah. been with. Oh, okay. That that too. Revisiting the past for healing, you know, something like that. I think I think Caleb Shondelaney's calling in the SWAT. He's just sending large form text messages. <laughs> I I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Communication. It's important, people. Right on. Yeah. Business. Mm -hmm. Business. What else do you have to add for us? What do you have? I don't know. I don't... You don't know? Okay. We, we don't know either. I think the show is done. He's just... Tommy left, and he's Sean Delaney, and I'm Sean Delaney, and you're Sean Delaney. <laughs> a few Seans. Everybody's Sean Delaney now? Everybody's Sean Delaney. What do you have to add? Sean Delaney. Just Sean Delaney in general. Talk about anything. I don't know if we're even recording. <laughs> we, it's like an hour show, but there's 15 minutes. I don't. No, we're still recording. Oh. What do you got for us? What do I have? Talk about discipleship. Discipleship? What is it? Um, it's a relationship. What's a key? Um, What's a key to discipleship? Um, mom just mentioned in the other room. Who's mom? All I know is I was talking to Shonda Laney. And that's a big part of it because discipleship is having people that are being trained under you, that are following you. But 
you have to be following Christ yourself, otherwise, um, Steve produces after his own kind. Yeah. To be what you want your disciples to be, because they pick up, um, what you are. Yeah. And they learn what they live. They learn what they live. Mm. Yeah. That's good. And like I was mentioning earlier about relationship, you can't just force somebody to come follow you. And you can't just have somebody, like, as a job, hey, you're just going to hang out with me. you got to have a relationship with the person, or it's not going to actually... Well, what about Jesus? What? What about Jesus? What about Jesus? He's like, Mark, come with me. He's like, I can't disagree. So word of God, you know, he, like he had no choice. He was ordered to. But they still had a relationship. They got a relationship. That's true. He's just like, follow me. And then they never um, had a relationship between the two of them. So I, I got a, I got a question for you, Sean. Um, so in this kind of like busier world where people are, you know, often, um, maybe less relational in their time like how frequent do you think you would need to meet with like a disciple um to have a like an effective impact i think it varies on the person okay Um, but you gotta keep you gotta keep um the contact with them you can't just um you can't just start with them and then go okay you're good i'll check in with you every once in a while because they need they need input they need guidance and need um, people cheering them on and keeping them accountable. I don't have a direct number of like, this is how many times you should visit with them once a week, but... What if they're bad soil? What? What if they're bad soil? I think that comes into the same thing we were talking earlier about whether they're tares or weed, I guess you're supposed to treat them the same. But if time is money and money is power, no, wait. Time is souls? If time is souls, why am I wasting my time on bad souls? Well, how do you, how do you know it's a bad soul? Well, mother maybe, should, maybe they just need more kids, care. Their kids are bad. Their <laughs> kids wives are, are committed to wine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mother, mother should already pointed out to us that, uh, you know, people will choose themselves. If people ain't yeah. for what you're selling, do you keep running at them? What good is that doing them? Hmm. I think Sean has gone dark. Goodbye, Sean. No. no? I was just wondering, am I still Sean? Are you yeah. still Sean? Yep, you must be Sean. He's the only one we call on the show. Oh, and he's the only one on the show? Yeah. It, it, it's his show. It's his... <laughs> <laughs> John's very good at impressions. Evidently. The question is about the difference between, not the difference, but what you could do in discipleship with wheat and um, weed. Terrence. Keep seeking after the weeds. Is that kind of the question, Ron? Yeah. Well, and I have another question. Like, how do I know that I'm not a tear? <laughs> if you have to ask, you are one. No. You're asking the question. You already know. It, well, yeah. I just, I, I just thought it'd be a fun hypothetical. How do you know if you're not a weed? Yeah. Um, it's a choice that you have to make. So you're saying I can choose to be a weed or be a wheat? Yeah. It's a choice that you make. Um, That's ridiculous. I have no power. I can't make my own decisions. God has to make them for me. I need to be led. Hello? God can't trust me to make decisions. I'm a victim. Everything is God's fault. That's right. He's mad at me because I'm not him. I was born this way. Someday I might be like him, but only someday. Not here. I'm trying, okay? You have to try harder. I'm trying so hard. 
You need to live in the woods with Henry David Thoreau and fast for 40 days and 40 nights and then you will be kind of close to perfect. Sean, are you still there? Yes, it's just people keep talking and saying things and I don't know what I'm supposed to respond to. You're not. It's <laughs> <laughs> the end of the show. Half the, half the cast is going to bed. Thanks for being on the show. We love you. Yes. Goodbye. Good night. night. Bye, Sean. We love you. That was the Sean Deling show all... Huh. Maybe we should try calling the... Five minutes of it. A different Sean Delaney. <laughs> this is worth a shot. Unless he's in the monastery. Hey, Sean, how you been? Doing well. Thank you for calling in to the Sean Delaney Show. I'm not on the show. You're not? No. Oh, what, what do you what do you, what do you want to be on? I didn't call you. You called me. Well, I, I, are you talking to Sean Delaney? I mean, like God calls us, but like at the same time we respond to that call. You know. <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, if if we're wheat, we respond to that call. I think if we're tares, maybe we don't. If we're what? Tares, you know, like weeds that look exactly like wheat, or darnel weeds. You know, it depends on what translation you read. All right. Well, I'm just leaving the monastery right now. I go grab a couple of groceries. I'm probably gonna stop over at some point. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, We look forward to seeing you. We'll have some fun. Okay, bye. Bye. End the show. (laughs) It's done. (laughs)